Hey guys, before we start our podcast this week, we wanted to take a few minutes to thank a few of our sponsors. So first we want to talk about this new breed archery. These guys have really done a great job simplifying a custom bow process. So if you're thinking about getting a new bow, these guys have everything that you want from the camel pattern on the riser to your string color and even your dampeners. Check these guys out, newbreedarchery.com. We'd also like to thank Steerka Optics. We have their S7 series, both in their binoculars and spotting scope that we just recently used down kind of in southwest Michigan doing some spotting over some fields and they work flawlessly. Even in some low light, really clear picture, outstanding warranty. These guys are someone you definitely want to check out, steerkastrong.com. Lastly, we wanted to thank Hill People Gear. Uh, Jared and I have been using their Decker pack so far this year. Turkey hunting, we do some whitetail hunting with it. And Jared, I actually caved and ended up getting the uh, butt pack this year, which I know you made some jokes about, uh, but I'm excited to use it. It'll be perfect for my saddle hunting uh, setup that I've got going on. Allow me to go in pretty light. Um, I can hang it in my tree stand. Uh, I have like access to some things that I might need sitting there. So looking forward to it. Uh, if you guys are looking for any type of pack or some other tactical gear that they sell too, check out hillpeoplegear.com. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Hey, what's happening? Uh, Not too much. We've been doing our podcasts out by a fire, and we're struggling with uh, some wet wood at the moment. Thanks for taking the time to talk today. Yeah, man. Happy to join y'all. I'm always down to talk a little bit of archery, bow hunting, whatever y'all want to talk about. Well, Matt, thank you so much for um, joining us for the podcast today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, thank you all for having me on the Hot Boga podcast. (laughs) That's right. uh, Say it with pride a little bit. I'll say this before I get into anything (laughs) else. When I first looked at the name, it wasn't catching on because I didn't say it out loud in my head, you know? And then when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. it's a, it's a bad joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, no, my name is Matt Pell, the founder and owner of AccuBow. Aside from that, passionate bow hunter and just pretty much love everything about archery and bow hunting and the outdoors. You're in Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're headquartered out of uh, Illinois. I grew up about an hour southwest of Chicago, just outside of the city. Probably also one of the reasons of how how this whole Acubo thing came about uh, was because of that situation, you know, living in the city and things like that. But anyways, our our office is is about another hour and a half southwest of where I live in a city called Peru, Illinois. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've traveled through. So my wife is from the, what is it, southwest suburbs, maybe Orland you could, Park. Yeah, you could probably say that. Would you say that? Yeah, I would say that. Uh, Orland yep. Park area. So I've spent a lot of time in the area. Uh, great deer hunting. Jared, we just posted on Instagram a buck you got. Where was that, Juliet? Yeah, Juliet. I got that back in 2007. We had permission to hunt some land down there. And was that like waste management land or something? I, I don't know. Or is that on the down low? I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly couldn't tell you where we were. Yeah. Because I don't know where we were. Right. It's just, I was at a They girl. blindfolded you and dragged you. Threw me in the back of the truck. Yeah. Couldn't see where I was going. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, we just I ro- could probably I could probably tell you where you were because I do probably, I would say, 80 to 90% of my hunting that I do here in Illinois is is in the Joliet area. Yeah, it's that's a I great I was near spot. a river. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Near the river. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That oh, doesn't that make sense? Now every, everything makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what river you're you're probably near. See, there's uh there's Fine. some really good public land hunting opportunities that run along that river and that are kind of uh in that you know Joliet to Kankakee area. Yeah, yeah, I've hunted uh, the Kankakee area before. No, yeah, yeah, I have. I absolutely have along that river. 100% have. I saw nothing. Actually, I got, I went hunting and I had to come in early because I had the swine flu and I had the legit H, (laughs) is it H1N1? Worst I've ever felt by far. I thought I was going to die, but I was hunting that morning with my brother-in-law. The old pig flu. And I'm just like, hey man, I I never say this, but I, I need to go in. And I slept for the next like three days. It was awful. Wow. So, you know, that's, I know that, that public land Mm -hmm. right by Kankakee River, you know, another place, and this is. I feel like Illinois doesn't get a lot of credit for its public land um, because there's a bunch of it. And one spot that I hunted a couple year, years ago that was awesome and huge was, the, I think it's called the Jim or Edgar Panther Creek. Wow, dude. It is crazy you just said that. Yeah, if Jimmy. You if you didn't say that, I was going to say that. Really? Dude, that place is so damn big that I, w- I don't even care about publicly announcing that that, that is a good public hunting area. Yes. because. It's so big and vast, and there's so many places that you can hunt that you rarely ever come across oh, other yeah. hunters while hmm. you're out there in the field. Yeah, I went the week, the day after Thanksgiving. The only time I went, I went for four days. What season is that for them? That's you guys? after a rifle season, if at least it was. Yeah, I've seen some really, really big bucks at Jim Edgar Panther Creek. I've also killed a, a few nice bucks there myself. So it's, it's so big, and I, I literally saw one other guy there, and he was awesome. Like, we told him where we were going. We talked him up for a while. We were talking bows for a while and everything, but he, like, was like, I'm going this way. This is what I've seen. We kind of swapped stories, and, like, he gave me nice. his number. It was, it was great. It was, like, a great experience. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think when you get into public hunting areas that are much more placed in rural areas, areas where the hunting density and the the hunting pressure isn't nearly as much as like you would experience kind of in the Joliet area where we're just talking about relevant areas that we we were talking about but like you know it's it's like night and day place like Panther Creek which is basically out if people don't know kind of what we're talking about that's like just smack dab out in the middle of nowhere central Illinois it is uh, there's nothing around it within 45 miles, and you know Joliet is basically a Chicago suburb. And exactly. You get every Tom, Dick, and Harry that wants to take a stab at at hunting to you know come into the public places. Oh, you know I saw so many goose hunters when I was mm. hunting in the Kankakee area. But I will say this: like for small game, if you're a squirrel hunter, I've never seen so many squirrels in my really? life. Like. It is like a herd of squirrels was living where I was. It was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I have nothing against people coming out to the public areas, though, to hunt. I mean, honestly, that's what they're for, right? right. They're public. They're public hunting areas. So, you know, every everyone has the same right to be there as the next. Obviously, they're kind of like a unspoken protocol, and there's, there's unwritten rules that hunters try try to follow amongst each other but i think that there's uh advantages and disadvantages to both scenarios so you got like a place like jim edgar panther creek right yeah. which has a ton of big bucks yeah and you've got a place like you know well, let's just say joliet for example there's some good public hunting areas that have big bucks around there the the amount of hunting pressures is like night and day they're totally different yeah Yep. Uh, styles of hunting but there's you know there's upsides and downsides to both the jim edgar area it's so big that you can kind of get away and, and kind of seclude yourself and find your own little honey holes in that big monstrosity of an area yeah but at the same time you know the the areas that get 
pounded with a lot of hunters if you're smart you can use that to your advantage exactly. and try and mm-hmm. figure out what a lot of the other hunters are doing and how that could be affecting the deer patterns and behaviors and movement you know Oh, exactly. And it's funny because it's just a different strategy. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the time the deer are there. Like, where is he? There's one other place I hunted near kind of Joliet. And there were good deer there. It's just different to find them. You know, it's harder how, to find. Like, different how? You know, like he said, they're they're just more pressured. So you you got to look really thick areas, you know, places people don't want to go, water. Some places sure. maybe you got to take, like, a boat in to get to. But Jim Edgar yeah. was huge. And it's got... And I, and- Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I think another thing you got to do too, is you got to put your time in to, yeah. to learn what the other hunters are doing, which that takes time, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's the aerial scouting, you use Google maps, you use things like Huntwise, And then, you know, for us, it's hard to get down there. We're, we're right in actually West Michigan. So not too far North of you, but you know, that's a eight hour drive for us, maybe down yeah. to Jim Edgar. So, mm. but down there, Jared, I was just going to say, like, when you think of Illinois, you think cornfields and flat and like all around it is. But once you get to this giant chunk of land, it is just rolling hills and oak trees. I mean, Oak Grove after Oak Grove, it's, it's a beautiful spot. That is kind of Big ravines. Yeah. Big ravines. Big, deep ravines. Tons of pheasants. Like I saw so many, and a lot of pheasant hunters when we were there. But that was only in the fields, and so it doesn't really affect you at all it's not where i was hunting at all mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was a beautiful place and like it did illinois proud because it was you know like i said the rolling hills the oak the ravines it's it's pretty stuff yeah that's did a, you see a lot of deer or what i saw no i saw i went four days and i saw two deer i saw two deer uh, my brother-in-law saw one we both like okay. i came up on a i mean probably the biggest buck i've ever seen by far i remember that story. like 180 class just giant buck gets up it was tending a doe in this like kind of meadow area where these over there's it's like a meadow but it's hilly and i could probably show you on a map where that is but i can't off the top of my head and then the other one my brother-in-law actually almost shot an eight point like a pretty good 130 class eight point there was that the time he took the doe estrus and drug it right to himself no no actually that was near kanky key you know my brother is my brother-in-law is fairly new so i introduced him to hunting like i helped him pick out bow and camo and everything else and so actually he lives in michigan now but this was when he was in illinois and he's like hey man you know i want to go out tomorrow i think it's the rut i'm gonna be out all day you know i'm like yeah let's (laughs) let's let's hop on google earth we'll like do it virtually i'll show you where to go and i'm like all right here's a spot you should hunt right here i'm guessing this will like funnel him towards you he's like great you know all right i'm gonna i said you should maybe try some some estrus i think it it was at the time he's like okay i'll do that so he drags it drags a line but he doesn't know not to drag it right to him and he's got a ground blind set up so he drags obviously drags it right up to his blind Mm -hmm. right before first light so you could see things but you couldn't shoot he's like a buck came two feet away from me on the ground and he he like didn't obviously didn't know what to do because he had never really hunted much before and so obviously didn't get the buck two feet he's like i could smell it he's like i could smell it it's like breath on me (laughs) and i'm just dying laughing i'm like wait you really thought just to drag the scent right up to you and he, like, just think that would have been the perfect opportunity at that point what would you have done i well i don't know i that i'd be in the situation but if i were i don't know i would just try to sit still would you go out and like slap it on the nose or i don't think so I like think you get just, or do you try to like wrestle it down i think that's you a go, big animal no you go real tree on it oh you, you just don't move you become the real tree oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no it's i mean there's a lot of good spots in illinois love the area we, we should get back there we've got, had some good times in illinois we're going to wisconsin this year year. but before we move on i wanted to take a minute to thank one of our show sponsors pelican coolers these coolers are extremely tough and backed by a lifetime warranty but what i like most about our coolers is that as tough as they are 
They can be opened with the push of a button. So it'll keep the bears out, but you won't have any trouble getting in. And it gets even better. Right now, if you type in pelicancoolers.com slash hotboga, you'll get a free tumbler with the purchase of any cooler. And we all use the uh, 32 ounce tumbler and it does an amazing job at keeping hot drinks hot for a very long time and cold drinks cold for a very long time. I'm going to do something maybe a bit unusual or something that I haven't done yet, but I'm gonna throw out a James D guarantee, which is something I don't just toss around willy nilly. I'm going to James D guarantee that if you buy one of these coolers, you'll have the best cooler experience you've ever had and you'll be changed as a person for the better. Your life will be totally different from here on out. So don't take my word for it. Go check them out for yourself, pelicancoolers.com slash hotboga. And now back to our show. So anyway, so Acubo, you know, I'm sure our listeners know what it is, but why, if you had to give a brief overview of what Acubo is, what it's for, um, how would you describe it? Yeah, so without getting too far into the, the details of what the product offers, I, I guess its general purpose is to provide um, archers and bow hunters with an ability to maintain their muscle memory uh, when it comes to shooting a bow all year long, to be able to build up strength to build up those archery muscle groups outside of just time that you can spend shooting your bow to be able to supplement that with an additional training tool that is going to provide you with the physical tools to allow you to shoot your actual bow better and really just be able to offer an alternative for for those times when you simply can't get out to shoot your bow whether you live in the city whether it's dark outside it's nighttime whether it's poor weather raining 110 degrees snow percent humidity mm-hmm. two feet of snow right. whatever that you know i mean there's there's tons of scenarios if you're if you're strapped on time you know too i mean i'm going do an archery range or even getting out in the backyard and you know shooting 25 arrows between all the time that it takes you to set your bow up and and retrieve your arrows and do this and that i mean let's be real it takes at least 30 to 45 minutes a lot of times you know the acubo can just kind of be set up ready to go you don't have to retrieve arrows if you're simply just trying to uh, get the feel for working through your release mechanics and shooting on the virtual app and uh you you can get that interactive response and you're doing something right you're still getting those reps in however you look at it so that's that's ultimately what what the acubo's purpose is and then you know for anyone that might not be familiar with it or, or know what it does it's essentially uh looks like a bow feels like a bow it's an ambidextrous tool so that you you can train if you're a right or left-handed shooter some people use it to train both sides if they're if they're using it as a muscle building tool they can use it to maintain their their muscular balance but in addition to that you know you could dry fire it it's fully adjustable from 10 to 70 pounds in 2018 we released our our virtual app based system which allows you to attach your phone onto the acubo you can shoot at virtual targets on your phone using our our augmented reality technology so you know it's it's a pretty cool little system and just a way to like I said, get those added reps in, be able to sh- practice and maintain your form, your muscle memory, everything that you prepare for to be able to maintain that mm-hmm. uh, all year long for times when you can't shoot your bow. Right. And uh, actually, a lot of people use it because of the adjustability from 10 to 70 pounds. Right. People will use it for rehabilitation tools, be able you know, being able to slowly incrementally work their way back up to their, their full shooting poundage. And also people that, you know, haven't maxed out their bows to 50, 60, 70 pounds, they may they may still be at 30, 40 or 50 pounds or whatever. And they're trying to shoot with more poundage. Uh, you know, people will use it for that, too. So it's really, you know, I know I kind of rambled on there and it kind of 
uh, listed out a bunch of things, but it, it really is just a, a multifaceted kind of universal tool. Yeah, you can use it for a lot of things. And one of the things that came to my mind was target panic. Is it helpful for target panic? Because you're not actually, there's no arrow in, you can take a bunch of, it's more muscle memory you can work on rather than the, the target itself, right? Yeah, exactly. I uh, heard from people that use it that I, I personally have never really had target panic that bad but i've heard from people that have used it it's significantly helped them and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it because if you go back to the root cause of i, I guess what target panic yeah. is and actually bef- before you even say that maybe for our listener what, what how would you describe what target panic is for, for maybe mm-hmm. that someone that wouldn't know right yeah exactly so basically everyone will probably say it a little bit differently but in my opinion target panic is the sensation that you experience where your pins are basically floating above your target you're kind of struggling to steady your pin over your target and you start to second guess yourself of whether it's on your target or it's it's not quite there yet and and your pins basically just bouncing around like a pinball over your target and you ultimately what what you end up doing is you end up you end up jerking the trigger you end up guessing you end up trying to perfectly time the release of your bow to to let your arrow go when in reality, what you should be doing is basically resting that pin over your target very steadily and and your bow should be going off in what I call like a surprise shot. Like it sh- your, your bow should surprise you when that string fires because all you were focusing on was gradually increasing pressure on the trigger while your while your bow sight right. pin was rested over your target so so that's kind of the difference between what target panic is and and what you sh- the sensation that you should experience that's what target panic is and what i one of the biggest things that i think causes target panic is a general lack of stability at full draw if you think about it you know it, it's kind of a domino effect the the, the first yeah. thing that happens is whoever's got their bow pulled back we'll call them the user the user is experiencing a lot of pin float over their target that's that's the first problem and what it ends up leading to is the mental effect and then yeah. also a physical effect of when you release your bow. I think if we can improve our full draw stability, which the AccuBow is, that's one of its purposes, to imp- improve your strength and your stability at full draw uh, to allow you to be able to reduce the amount of pin float you experience. If we could do that, I, I, I generally think that you can eliminate the potential for target panic or if you're experiencing target panic you can reduce the amount of target panic that you're experiencing yeah and you know even i think and at least for me something that contributes to the tendency toward like a target panic situation was almost a fear for where your arrow might go or overly concerned about the arrow itself as opposed to just proper shot mechanics when i'm not thinking about what i'm doing or i'm just really concerned about hitting the target it almost it almost goes worse rather than if i just focus on hitting my certain marks you know following through back tension uh, surprise release everything else you know it's a lot different yes i i agree i think that's another great point that you make is that look at the end of the day if you execute your mechanics if you do what you're supposed to do just let the arrow do what it does the arrow is going to hit where it's supposed to if you you do everything that you're supposed to. And and like you said, you know, a lot of times, especially in bow hunting scenarios, I think people get overconsumed with already predetermining or pre-judging what's going to happen if their arrow goes here or there or there. Right. And they're, they're overthinking it instead of just thinking about making a good shot. 
Right, you know? exactly. You focus on the shot, and the rest of it kind of takes care of itself. So you've got this acubo. You know, it's helpful. You can just rip off shots, and that builds yep. up strength. You know, that builds up some resistance to any kind of target panic. Right. Like, what caused you to come up with this idea? Were you stuck inside and just wanted to shoot your bow, or were you rehabbing, or, or where'd you come up with the bow? Uh, the idea of acubo. I guess the idea was initially sparked because of the situation that I was in at that time in my life. I was two years out of college working a full-time engineering job, uh, commuting to the city of Chicago, downtown, back and forth five days a week. Really, was just a lot. I wasn't home a lot. I wasn't able to do a whole lot during the week outside of work, commuting, living in the city. I, I live, you know, because I live in a highly suburban area, the nearest archery range for me to shoot my bow is minimum 30 minutes away from my house. So that's not reasonable to get there either before or after work it doesn't you know it's just hard to do yeah ultimately that was one reason that that kind of kick-started the idea for me and then another thing too was also there would be years where i would get in these these ruts you know in the off season where i hadn't shot my bow for long periods of times because of you know i could list off 20 different excuses but that's really all they are are excuses Mm -hmm. anyways you know after going through periods of time not shooting my bow and then finally coming back to shoot my bow i would see it was obvious how much i had lost how much strength i had lost accuracy consistency my groups were everywhere and i'm like golly i just you know it's like one step forward two steps back type of thing the the crazy thing is too is that I maintained a very consistent workout regimen throughout yeah, right. throughout those periods of times, right? So what that told me, these muscles and these these muscle groups that you use in shooting a bow, I don't care how often you work out at the gym, what exercises you do at the gym, it's simply not the same as putting it together in a motion that resembles exactly resembles shooting a bow and and that's what i learned and i'm like so look there's got to be a system that can kill two birds with one stone it can keep my muscle memory in check and it can also allow me a method of of you know getting those reps in and and performing my release mechanics and going through those Mm -hmm. shot cycles and seeing where my arrows would have ultimately hit had i been at a a range right so So that that's that's kind of what sparked it All right, before we move on, I'd like to take a few minutes to do another First Steps with First Light. This week, we've got Greg Farrell, Product Operations Manager at First Light on, and he's going to discuss a little bit about the best ways to tune your bow. Uh, So thanks for coming on, Greg. How do you approach tuning your bow? My biggest thing um, with tuning is I always start with cam timing before I put anything on the bow or, you know, if I'm moving into a new season. From there, what I'll do, uh, once I know that my cams are synced and the timing is good, is I move into kind of the general setup slash tuning. So what I mean by that is getting my rest set up, making sure center shots correct, things of those, uh, rest timing, some of those kind of simple things. After that, when I'm confident in both of those two steps, I move on to paper tuning. So my process is for paper tuning, I always start close. So I like to start at about three yards away. Um, If I have to make adjustments at that point, I'll do so. Uh, When I feel confident in that, then I move back. So I'll do the same paper tuning process, but I like to do it from about 15 yards. The next step that I like to a lot of times take then is I'll actually shoot a bare shaft at those two distances as well. So not allowing the fletchings to impact the arrow flight will give you a lot of insight on um, if the bow is actually 
tune correctly and set up correctly. So those are kind of my checklist points that I go through uh, initially. And then what I like to do at that point is shoot field points and broadheads at a variety of distances and make sure that I'm getting the same flight from my arrows with both field tips and broadheads. And if I need to do any fine adjustments at that point, um, that's when I'll, I'll make the, those adjustments. Then the last thing that I really like to do for tuning is once I'm really confident that everything is where it needs to be, um, I use a silver Sharpie and I'll go through and I'll make marks on both of my cams so that I have a quick reference point as the season goes on to make sure if arrows are not going where they want them to, um, I have a reference point of where those things were when they were going where I wanted them to. So if I'm having issues, I can quickly address or figure out if it's one of those things and if not, um, it helps with my process of elimination throughout the season for the minor tuning that I have to do just to upkeep my bow. Great, Greg. Thanks so much for the information and, and for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. So then kind of going off that with the whole exercise concept, what would you say to the people arguing that all AccuBoa is is a resistance band and that I could match it with you know, a resistance band at the gym. I would say pull it back. Try the Acubo, pull it back, and okay. you'll see for yourself it's not a movement that you can simply replicate even with a resistance band in the gym because the way that we have designed the product is for the weight, the balance, the grip, and the pull to replicate the sensation of pulling a bow. You know, the brace height is six and a half inches. The right. axle to axle is 32 inches. The, the angle on the grip design is ergonomically designed to replicate some of the most popular grip designs on the Matthews, Hoyt, and uh, Elite bows. Right. So there's a lot of thought that went into, you know, matching that feel, and that's what we're trying to provide is, is that similar feel of pulling a bow that, you know, yeah, you can do resistance band exercises right. in the gym. I'm not, not mm -hmm. arguing that, but can you dial a resistance band to a specific poundage that you know what poundage that's set at at right. full draw? Right. You know, it, it's like there's certain things. And then also we've got that built-in uh, laser sight stability yeah. system, yep. which is uh, it adds a lot of value for uh, being able to improve your stability. Like we were just talking about that full draw stability that's so important for being able to allow you to keep your pins steady over your target. That laser sight provides you with that visual response to, to let you know, hey, I'm either poorly performing this exercise or I'm doing good or I'm doing better than I was last week, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Who's the person doing the office reps with the two targets on the wall on the Instagram video? That would be me. That was yeah. you? Getting in the yeah. reps in the office? I like that. Yeah, man. Anytime. Right. That's, what it's, that's what it's all about. That you know, would be beautiful office. at work. If I can say this right, you had two different size targets about what five ten feet in front of you yeah yeah basically uh i just plastered up those targets they actually come in the user's manual the the acubo package but you could cut them out and i i just put them on the wall and i think one was maybe a, a one inch diameter and mm -hmm. the other one was like a half half inch diameter right. and ultimately what i was doing there was it was like a superset drop set so if you're if you're familiar with those terms from from doing gym gym exercises basically i started out at a really high resistance and then i started out at the smaller target and then as my muscle fatigue failed me and i wasn't able to hold the laser in that smaller target I moved to the bigger target, yep. and then as my muscle fatigue failed me there, I let down, and then I actually backed the poundage down. I, I decreased it about 10 pounds, and then I redid 
that exercise and you pretty much just do that till failure and that's the key word your muscles are screaming afterwards muscle failure so you you'll just do that at the that'd be sweet to do at the office you got and jared you've got a perfect you can actually put your little target right Right below your buck yeah i've got (laughs) i've got my deer mount right behind me yeah i can stare down stand on one side of the office and just shoot that thing all day well one cool thing too is being able to get into the mindset where you if you pull a, a bow back you can let it down because a lot of times I feel like guys will be like, once this bow is back, I'm going to shoot. And that makes them kind of settle for whatever shot comes out. And if you're able to control yourself enough to pull it, pull the bow back and let it down without shooting or freaking out, I think that's pretty important. And it's hard to train that with an actual bow. You know, I can imagine if it, if it's got more of the, the workout feel, you can get used to holding it back and then letting your, your bow back down. Your muscles would be theoretically, you'd, you'd be, better condition to be able to brace that letdown exactly you're almost getting the negative effect and guys like joel turner will say you know that that is like choosing when to shoot and choosing when not to shoot having the presence of mind to do that while you're shooting i mean it's critical when you you know when you're when you're shooting at whatever you're Mm. shooting at yeah i mean and and then on the other side you're in addition to that you have the you have a letdown which is extra you know burns you out even more yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, there's times and situations when you're, you know, when you're in bow hunting scenarios, sometimes you get stuck back at full draw for, for up to a minute or, or longer. A- another really useful training technique that you can implement with the AccuBow is, is training yourself to hold back for those really long draws with the AccuBow, whereas some people don't feel as comfortable doing that with their actual bow. And, and again, the AccuBow has no let off. Too, right. So you're actually providing yourself with an, an added difficulty factor there when you're held back at full draw there. Being able to train your muscles for that too is super important. If you've ever been in a scenario where you know, you've had to hold back for more than 45 seconds, it can feel like five Five minutes oh yeah you know it could end up causing a poor shot too you know so yeah you're not conditioned for it i feel like at this point in the podcast we have to say but wait there's more and then we can talk about the fact that this is all like great exercise and whatever else but now that you've got augmented reality mm-hmm. like you got a game in there so there's no reason for you not to be out there shooting your boat tell us a little bit about developing that app you know working with ar which is a newer technology how did that how, how has that gone for you guys it took us a long time to get it right. It, it was a really long development process. We started the development process on that around the same time we started the development process of the product itself. It's always been in oh, the wow. cards. Right, okay. So, But it never ended up coming out until probably a year and a half after we actually launched the product itself. Right. Uh, because there was obviously... Uh, great value in the product itself without the app so we didn't feel like there was any reason to delay that don't need to rush Uh, one thing or delay the other yeah right so we you know we just took us a long time to get that the development of that app definitely went through a lot of hoops and hurdles and really really lows and and also really really highs but once we got it we've really been able to we launched it for the first time at the ata show in 2018 and since that time, I feel like we've exponentially made greater strides and improvements in making that app even better. And we're still in the process of even making it even better for the years to come. It, it's kind of cool to see how we've been able to transform it and improve it and evolve it once we kind of got those building blocks in place, which I, I feel like you could, you could probably say that about anything, right? 
So you you mentioned you know this is like it's a it's a cool game to play. You can essentially hunt things, or how does it work when you're when you're using the yeah, app? Yeah, take us through the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. So first basically, person shooter the, spoiler. <laughs> the goal was to provide a system that caters to all walks of archery and bow hunting. So we've got target shooting modes in there for Olympic recurve, three nice. spot Vegas, Joad. So we're basically covering the Olympic recurve style shooters. We've got them covered. We've got the, uh, the competitive compound three-spot shooters. We've got them covered. And then the Joad younger generation, mm-hmm. um, there's there's certainly a huge demographic for that. We've got them covered. Yeah. Uh, we got the target shooting covered. We've got the 3D target shooting covered. We've got 3D targets out to 60 yards for elk, turkey, whitetail, bear. And then we've got the interactive bow hunting modes where we've got four different environments around the world. Yep. Animals are walking in and out of different distances, presenting the user with different shot angles, quartering away, quartering to, facing you, turned away from you. So you really have to kind of pick and choose your times of when to take your shot, when not to. So that's a that's a pretty cool system. It's realistic. The, you know, the graphics are catered to that specific part of the world. The animals are also specific to that that region now can you are you keeping scores like kind of mm. post scores online or well you're, are you gonna have anything like that no comment on that <laughs> but for now we just have basically um you you have your own individual profile that is you know it's it's private to you on your own app you've got individual round scoring you know per round yep. so you, mm-hmm. they're all five arrow rounds and each round has its own scoring system and then on your user profile you'll you, you've got a pretty much a history of kind of your average scores, your highest scores, right. you know, your best shooting modes, blah, 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 kind of summarizes all that for you. Yeah, we've also got bow fishing, too. So uh, we, nice. we cater to the bow fishermen where you're, you're actually, you know, the interface is, is as if you're standing off the end of a bow, aiming downward into the water. And yes, you have to aim a little bit lower than I was going to ask. Yes. Is that refraction or reflection? Is that refraction? Refraction. Yeah, refraction. refraction. I took one science class now, in high school, so I don't. I don't know things. Matt, here's a little thing that we're going to we're going to spit towards you. Is we don't a, Is this a boga tip? Here comes a hot boga tip for you. Take it or leave it. You can call we, it stupid. We've made if a lot of to. most of them are bad <laughs> tips. <laughs> we might be we might be 2 for 8. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think any of them have but actually been used. When are you coming out with a zombie expansion? Yeah, cuz I want to shoot some zombies with my bow. I'm just saying, take it or leave it. You know, I, I would if you expanded on that, I would I would pay for the app. Would you? Just that, or would you buy it anyways? I would have it anyway. Oh, but sure. if you had a zombie that would just game make that it I could better. shoot with my bow, just saying. Would you have to have headshots? Would that be part of the, the hot boga tip? Or? I'm not part of the, the game planning. I think technically you need to destroy their head, right, to, to kill you a can, zombie? I'm, pretty I'm, sure. not, I'm not a zombie expert, but like I said. We'll need to call one in, subject matter expert. <laughs> I don't know any. No? Matt, take it or leave it. <laughs> it's your call. I, I like it. I like okay. the uh, recommendation. The, it's... At some point, we'll, we'll definitely cater to, to that style of gameplay. We've got something similar coming in the pipeline. We really didn't want to stray too far away from... It's intentional purpose. The, the, the realistic say intentional? stuff. I make up words a lot, man. <laughs> what did I say the other day? No, I said uh, quiveniently. Quiveniently the other day. It's fine. That was the, like last year. You know like what? the first I, of the year. I still uh, know what you... S- 
knew what you were going to say. Or, you know, at least you communicated something. Anyways, what were you saying, Jared, before I interrupted? What did you say? I was saying, yeah, you don't want to stray away from your intended purpose of the product. Ah, sure. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, I we're trying to cater to the target shooters and the bow hunters. We're doing a lot of new things with what we're working on right now that is going to obviously add value and fun factor in, so to speak. Right. But everything that we're doing still kind of stays within the realm of working on on training and practice and and realism and and practicality. Absolutely. We've got a little bit of we've got a little bit of wild cards that I don't want to give away. We definitely we've got one big wild card that we're coming out with that I think is going to blow people's minds. And that is probably the one thing where everything I'm saying right now is is con- I'm contradicting myself, right. but it's it's one of those things where it's it's not like a fantasy land type of thing. It's a it's it's going to be cool. It's a new concept, and so there's a lot of cool things that we're working on and developing, and we're going to come out with next year. And as far as the the app technology is concerned, yeah. Um, well, there's just so much space there. I was, you know, I've been watching uh, Shark Tank lately. Yeah. And uh, big Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. You are a big do, Shark do you watch Tank it? fan. Do you watch Shark Tank? Do I? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking to Matt. Po- I just point you. Do you watch Shark Tank? I used to watch it pretty steadily. Did you? You were you went steady with it for a little while. I was a steady shark. What about what about you, Matt? I do. I, I watch Shark Tank a little bit. Actually, my my business partner and, and Acubo co-founder is really good friends with Damon John on oh. on the uh, Shark Tank. Damon? Uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Fubu. Uh, anyways, Damon's got an Acubo, actually. There was a point in time where he was thinking about getting getting into archery through this uh, through this new television show that he was potentially working on, and archery was, was the sport given to him. So I would have picked loved up an Acubo back in the day. <laughs> that is hilarious. You know what? It all always relates yep. to each other. Every every story. Um, so on there, the the reason I say this is because like VR can is getting really cool. Uh, there there was a it's called Virtuix Omni. It's like their it's all their right. Omni, Virtuix Omni or something like that. And essentially, it's, you like put these shoes on and that you've got a harness around you, so you can like oh yeah, you like run in the scenario. I've seen that in the movie once. All I'm saying is, you give that guy an Acubo. I mean, yeah, it's an immersive experience right there. Are you talking like the stuff they were in in Ready Player One? You seen that movie? No, I've never seen it. I'm a nerdy, nerdy geeky dude, but that is—I love that movie. That's the size of the point. But I know—I understand what you're talking about. Like technology is advancing at such a fast rate, it's—it's crazy to even think about. Like even 10 years ago, right? The first iPhone was coming out, and now they're saying that virtual reality in the next 10 years can almost be more real life than our own vision right now. It's like you can put on normal type glasses, and you don't—you won't need glasses. Because your lenses will automatically adjust to your eyes. Uh, that's weird. Or you can just go wherever you want to, which is why that movie was so yeah, it was just a, so nuts. No, was on a wasn't that a book? Could have been a book. a book. I'm a movie guy. <laughs> I saw the movie version. But yeah, we're I mean we're really excited to see what you guys have coming out in terms of virtually uh, virtual reality because I'm a big fan of it. Well, I can't say too much, but. I can just say that we are working on a lot of different things. Right. And it's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, actually, that kind of leads into my next question. What comes next? You guys are developing, obviously, new software. Are you doing anything with the hardware, the the bow itself? Do you have any, any ideas coming out with respect to, like, the model itself? Yeah, I think, you know, we're constantly improving. With every new container load of product we get, there's, there's slight little tweaks and changes that we make that are, you know, subtle, just kind of improving on the actual hardware and the product itself. You know, we've got some plans to come out with different different models and and new product lines 
you know, mm-hmm. down down the line here. So that's about as much as I can say <laughs> on that as well. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Um, we'll break you. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna slip up, and mm-hmm. we're gonna post it out for everyone to hear. <laughs> so I'm sure you you take this thing in the gym with you a lot. Are you like, are you going to a public gym and taking this in? Are you doing this in your home gym? Do you like incorporate it in? one of your sets of, you know like a set at, at the gym he itself. just said he was doing it in the office i know well, i'm saying the office I'm, I'm wondering how all the places he does use it yeah like, I, between bicep sets or you just ran you know on the treadmill you want to shoot some take some shots yeah I, i've taken it into the gym with me a lot of times when i do it'll be because i've got a you know a specific routine that i want to work it in whether it be you know on shoulder day or back day or something like that try to find you know like-minded days to work it in to to my actual lift you know i probably wouldn't use it as much on like a leg day or something like that if i'm trying to give my upper body a rest yeah i mean it's highly applicable in the gym as well i get a i get a few weird looks you know when i first bring it in but (laughs) people get used to it they kind of figure out what's going on right no but i feel like you could have a lot of cool workout sessions with with different routines you know what i'm saying like even if you did plan to have a leg day right Maybe you start out warming up on the stairs. Right. You know? I hate the stairs, yep. but on a leg day, I think it's a great warm-up. You know, go hit the stairs at a little faster pace, quick do some squats, and then so you're at that, that increased heart rate. Yeah. Your legs are a little numb, kind of like you just were crashing up a mountain. Yeah. Take that bowl back. I like Give that. it a fire. I like it. And then do another set of that of something, you know, almost yeah. almost like that CrossFit type off day. Like, you don't have to do it on one of your lift days. You, but cross, you CrossFit guy? Am I? Yeah. No. 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 Are I'll, you Matt? I'm not, you know, I mean, I, I do some movements right. that I mm-hmm. guess would, that could be considered like some Olymp- Olympic stuff, just like deadlifting, squatting and, yeah. you know, pull-ups. I know that's a lot of what, what CrossFit is, right. but uh, I don't necessarily do specific CrossFit routines. And then on the same token, like you were just describing, kind of like simulating a, like a backcountry trip yeah. where you're, you know, you're on the Stairmasters maybe right. with a weighted pack mm-hmm. and, then, and then you get off and then you got to pull the Acubo back. Like, you know, I mean, that. I, I never, I will never hate on a workout routine or whatever anyone thinks of to put together because, yep. you know, at the end of the day, man, that's everybody's own personal preference and doing anything is better than doing nothing. Yep. Right? And so, what works for you might not work for someone else. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of so. an interesting thing too. I didn't think of that because the Acubo isn't tied into anything. You can bring it wherever you go. You strap your phone onto it. You could essentially get a a weighted ruck or a rated pack and yep. you could go out on a trail do a trail run that would be sweet stop That's a great at, idea. stop every so often and just you know take a shot and you could even yeah. make a little competition out of that but then again once it becomes some of the colder months and you're forced inside for us who live in the uh the north area with the snow you can take it inside and almost do the same thing i would do that a lot actually you can stay fit year round yep. easily yep that's very cool. So are you training for anything right now? Are you doing some uh, simulations for climbing any mountains that that'll be in your future anytime here? Oh man, I've got a 8-day backcountry trip in Colorado where I'll I'll pretty much be off the grid in the mountains for yes. 8 days. So I leave for that on the 19th, drive out to Colorado and pack in on the 21st and then I'll unless I unless I kill a bull before the 29th, that's that'll be the day I, I pack out of there. It should be a tough trip, man. It's going to be a big physical and mental challenge for sure. And then obviously elk hunting in addition to those 
just right. physical mental challenges of being out there for that long kind of living off the land you got to deal with the elk and those animals aren't easy to hunt either so no that's an awesome can we follow along are you going to be posting anywhere you know what i i don't think you'll be able to follow along and i don't think i'd be able to update anybody anyways it's going um, off the grid i man. think off the grid i think i'm going to be totally off the grid so um yukon jack be, i'll just be trying to document as much as i can and then kind of uh pushing it out there once i get back into service of course yeah, excited to see how that goes well mm-hmm. hey thanks for coming on good luck this year we'll uh we appreciate you taking the time to talk and tell us about acubo uh, for the people that are listening where can they find out more about acubo um, follow along uh where, where can they where can they get this information yeah. yeah uh follow along with us on the acubo instagram page that's just at acubo a-c-c-u-b-o-w and then our website is acubo.com a-c-c-u-b-o-w.com so well hey man thanks again hey guys i appreciate y'all having me it was great chatting yeah thanks man everybody thanks again for taking a listen to this episode head on over to our instagram page to stay up to date on everything that we're doing if you're feeling squirrely Go smash that subscribe button on wherever you're listening to this podcast. We and, appreciate it. And tell your friends that we are Hot Boga. Hot Boga. Hot Boga Hunting.com.